service, just so you know. We have a Wednesday night tonight. It's called a potluck, and so it's what we do on Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving is a time when family gets together, and so we want everybody. I know some of you got family coming in. Some of us are going to family and stuff like that. And there's a family in West Wego, a couple in West Wego, and the guy called his daughter who lived in Atlanta, and he said, listen, honey, look, your mom and I have decided to call it quits. We're getting a divorce. He said, I just can't take it anymore. And, and so the daughter was obviously distraught, and she said, Dad, you can't do that. I know you love Mom. I know she loves you. And just remember and, and say, listen, I'm going to be there tomorrow, so don't, don't do anything till I get there. Promise? And he said, okay, I promise. So she calls her brother living in Nashville and says, listen, Joe, she, she explained everything to him. She said, Joe, you got to come help me. And uh, he said, okay, sis, I'll meet you there tomorrow. And so she calls her dad back, and, he, and she says, Dad, listen, Joe and I are coming to town tomorrow. Don't do anything till we get there. We're going to help you and Mama work out your problems. He said, okay, I'll, I'll wait. She hangs up the phone. The old man turns to his wife and said, Honey, looks like the kids are coming home for Thanksgiving, and we don't have to pay for it. <laughs> so um, I've just given you all a tip that some of you all may use on your kids. I don't know, you know. But Thanksgiving is this Thursday, and, uh, you know, it's a time when families get together. Uh, you know, we take time away from work. You know, school shuts down. Seems like it used to shut down for the whole week, but it's, they're going to Monday and Tuesday this year, it sounds like. And, you know, it's a time we get away from school, work, and we give thanks to the Lord. This was always my favorite holiday because uh, y'all have heard me talk about my mother's side of the family. She had about 16 siblings, you know, and, uh, and so... Whenever Thanksgiving is when all of them got together, and uh, there were cousins everywhere. I mean, you know, it was fun. There was food everywhere. And, and so, you know, at Christmas, every family did their own thing, but Thanksgiving, we all got together, and, and, uh, and so it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and so, but Thanksgiving also means uh, getting up in the middle of the night and putting that cold turkey in the oven, you know, so it'll be ready uh, for lunch. And, uh, you know, you... You try and go back to bed and get a little bit of sleep, and then you wake up to cook 25 dishes to go with that turkey. Uh, that's after prepping all day Wednesday, right? And, uh, and so while you're doing all that, the Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade's going. Who all watches that or has it on in the back? I don't think anybody actually sits down and watches it. It's in the background, you know, and, and it's going, and, and uh, it's fun. Our nephew and his wife are going to be there today. Something about standing in... 25-degree temperature, watching a parade go by, just doesn't crank my engine. But, uh, you know, it's um, especially one when they're not throwing stuff at you. I mean, come on. You know, and, and so, but everybody, you know, you've got that parade going. And, you know, and, and you know how the Macy's Day Parade is. It all sounds the same. The drums are all playing the same beat because they're marching to it, right? And you hear the, the trombones and the, and the brass and all. And you see the big balloons tethered off that they're, Going every now and then, there's a little excitement. One of them will mess up or something and, and crash or whatever. And so it's a lot of fun. Then uh, the meal is ready. Everybody gets around the table. And what took a day and a half to prepare is gone. Not in 60 seconds, but in about 30 minutes. I mean, it's gone. And, and so everybody eats. You know, some people, you, you see how much you can get on your plate. Let me see if I'm talking to some of you. You put one layer on. It's kind of like archaeology. Then there's a second layer. And I've even seen a third layer, and it's just like you work your way down to what you went through first. Some of y'all are going to do that tonight because there's going to be a lot of food out there. And, and so, you know, it gets real quiet. And uh, then when you think that you can't eat another bite, people bring out the pecan pie, 
the bluebell, the pumpkin pie, the gooey, gooey bars, uh, the cake, all kinds of stuff. And this is like, and of course you got to eat a little bit of all of that, right? And so you eat some more and, and then you're really miserable and you kind of go sit in front of the TV and you watch some football or you sleep during some football. And then what's amazing to me is somebody says, anybody want a snack? <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's just like, man, I don't even want to think about food till like after the first of the year. And, uh, and, and so then, then you'll watch a football game. Then, then somebody's going, all the leftovers are out. Everybody fix a plate. It's like, how can you possibly fix a plate? But this year you'll do that, and you'll watch the Saints play football. It used to be uh, the Cowboys all the time, you know. And so then you've got all these dirty dishes. This is the, the leftover, the fruit of all that eating. And, and uh, you know, and I'm the dish guy. I don't know who... Uh, about y'all, but it's like, just don't make me cook. I'll wash, just don't make me cook. And uh, and so, you know, uh, my wife's family's love language is guys helping in the kitchen. It's just not me. It's, it's, I, so, you know, I don't mind washing. I'll do all of it. Just don't make me go in there and cook something, you know. And so, but we do that. We clean up all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, we watch the football games. and and uh, And that's kind of what what Thanksgiving's mutated in to, you know, in America. And then at some point in there, you know, used to, you'd start planning your Black Friday strategy, shopping strategy. Who, who's ever been up and gone and, and waited in a parking lot at like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, you know? And, I mean, now they're already putting stuff on sale, so I don't think that's as much fun as it was when everybody had to get up early, go stand out in the cold, wrapped around Best Buy, uh, you know, I remember when the iPhone 4 came out, the line was four wide all the way down to Dillard's in the mall and, and uh, at 6 a.m., you know, and it was like, I didn't even think they opened this place that early, but it was, and, and, uh, and so, you know, we do all that, and you're getting ready to go shopping. I can remember, uh, you know, there was a place I read about in Boston called Feline, Filene's Basement or something like that, best sales ever, and if you didn't run when the doors opened, I think you got trampled. I mean, you know, it was like one of those things, and... Um, and so, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a fun time, but originally Thanksgiving was about giving thanks to God. The pilgrims in 1621, uh, you know, where they settled in Plymouth, they established Thanksgiving, I guess, in better words to say, to give thanks to God for living. And a lot of, people, a lot of, a lot of them died trying to make a new life for themselves. About 200 years later... Abraham Lincoln declared the last Thursday of November to be set aside as a national day of giving thanks. Then in 1941, Congress made Thanksgiving a national holiday. And so the, uh, in, in the, but the first time a professional football team played on Thanksgiving Day was in 1934. It was on NBC. It was the Detroit Lions versus the Chicago Bears. I remember when the Lions were always the team that played on Thanksgiving Day, and I'm going... Who gives a hootie toot? I mean, we want the Saints playing, you know. Even though they're terrible, I'd rather watch somebody that I like instead of, uh, you know, the, the Detroit Lions. I mean, what in the world? You know, at least the Cowboys were good, you know, or something like that back then. and uh, Or Cowgirls, as Bobby Bear calls them. So the Pilgrims didn't have much, but they possessed a great gratitude towards God. And it was upon that trust, that's a blank for you to fill out, and thankfulness that God, of God, that America was built on. And, uh, you know, and so I like what the psalmist says in Psalm 103. He says, let all that I am 
praise the Lord with my whole heart. I'll praise His holy name. There's a lot just in that sentence. He said, let all that I am, everything in me, uh, you know, my heart, my soul, everything, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I'll praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Then look what he says. May I never forget the good things. Say good things. He puts good things in our lives. It might be your wife. It might be your husband. It might be your kids. It might be the job, the family you're in. Whatever that is, he puts good things in our life that he does for us. He forgives, here's a few, all my sins. Anybody besides me, glad he forgives all our sins. Heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, or some translations will say the pit, and crowns me with love and, love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Some of y'all right now are pretty tired, from, uh, and you want your youth renewed like the eagles, right? And, uh, and so... Uh, maybe you've never thought of this, but there are some benefits uh, to following Christ that we can be thankful for. There's some things we can be thankful for. So we're going to look at six of them today. This is a fun message. So, uh, so six things we can be thankful for. Number one, write this down. We can be thankful for his forgiveness. It says right there in verse 3, he forgives what? All my sins. He forgives all my sins. I don't know about you, but I'm glad of that. Write that down. God forgives all of your sins, all of my sins. Not just a few, not just the little ones, all of them. Doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small. You know, I've had some of y'all tell me that when we're standing at judgment, that you're going to let me go ahead of you because you're going to be delayed for a while. Listen, he forgives them all. And, and the thing with Jesus, he forgives them instantly. So, uh, Larry, you don't have to worry about where you are in line. I mean, you know, so, you know. We don't have to worry about that. He forgives all of them. He's, and nothing's too big for him. Nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's too small for him to forgive. You know, nothing that you have done or doing now disqualifies you from receiving God's forgiveness. Nothing you're doing will disqualify you from forgiving God's forgiveness. Paul says God has great patience. Paul says God has great patience. So write that in. How many of you beside me are glad that God has great patience? Anybody? Man, I am. I'm glad that he's got great patience enough to forgive us of all of our sins. And, uh, and so, uh, so think about that. When you think about what, maybe what sin has troubled you, what you've struggled with, uh, you know, he's, he's got great patience to forgive you. All you've got to do is ask him for forgiveness. And he forgives. Nothing's too tough. Nothing's too small. It's up to you. He'll forgive everything. Second thing I want you to write down is we can be thankful for his healing power. We can be thankful for his healing power. And, um, and so Psalm 103, 3, he forgives all my sins and, and he heals my diseases. I don't, don't pay attention. The slides are way behind. I don't know what's going on. So, number two, we're thankful for his healing power. And then, uh, you know, because he heals all our diseases. I mean, nothing's too tough. Nothing, there's nothing he can't heal and there's nothing he doesn't want to heal. You know, we, we, um, we uh, go to the doctor, you know, and all that. He, I know doctors that believe God has given them the skill to do what they do. And so there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. We've seen miracles. Pastor Kathy's mom was healed of cancer a couple of times. Uh, you know, I went to the doctor about a month ago, and he said, you have a blockage in your heart. And, 
And so, but when they did an angiogram, that blockage was either gone or it never was there. So I'm going to choose to think that God cleared out the arteries there, you know. But, but uh, we, were, we were in Africa, uh, on South Africa, or actually in the little country of Lesotho. And uh, a lot of people would come up and pray for their eyes, and they didn't have reading glasses. They didn't have glasses in that country. But sometimes they'd come up and they would say, I need you to pray for me. I'm positive, which meant they had AIDS. And, uh, and so one of our teams that was out doing street ministry prayed for a young girl, and they said, now go to your doctor and get tested. She went to the doctor and got tested, and she was clear of AIDS. God can do some healing. And, uh, and, and so, uh, you know, this is in a country where they, they had no other choice but to depend on God, and so you see things. I'm thankful God is not powerless against any kind of disease. He, he heals our emotional diseases. He heals our physical diseases. There's nothing uh, too too strong for him, and so I'm, I'm thankful for his healing power. Number three, write this down. We're thankful because he redeems our life from the pit. Uh, he redeems our life from the pit. And uh, Psalm 103, 4 said, he redeems me from death, or some translations say the pit. And so it's, it's talking about the pit that leads to destruction, the pit that leads to death. So what pit are you struggling with? What pit are you stuck in, maybe? Uh, you know, he reaches down. And he pulls us up above the, the things that are trying to destroy us so that we can conquer them and live our lives. So he redeems us from, he, he'll redeem you and pull you out of a pit of despair. He'll pull you out of a pit of depression, out of lostness, anything that's going to destroy your life, addiction, he can pull you out of that pit. So he redeems us from the pit. And so Jesus redeems our lives from the things that lead to our death. And, uh, and I don't know about you, I'm thankful for that. That means even when I get off track, he's there to pull me back on track. Uh, have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like a black cloud of despair was following you around? It's like the little comic strip that used to have little Abner. He always had that cloud above him. And sometimes it feels like that way in real life. And, and, but God can bring us out of that. He can reach down and bring you deliverance and freedom. Number four, I want you to write this down. We're thankful because he crowns us with love and compassion. He crowns us with love and compassion. Everybody's going, well, I could have used a little money, a little cash or whatever. You know, the right six numbers. He crowns us with love and compassion. Verse 4, he redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies or compassion. He turns some of y'all from being knuckleheads into being real tender and kind-hearted people. You know, so aren't you glad that some of Ladies, I thought I'd see some elbows going there, you know, that, that uh, you know, God's changed some of us. He crowns us with tender love. He buys us back from death. He gives us eternal life. He, he wrote Timothy and said, here's what's waiting on you. Paul said this. Matter of fact, in 2 Timothy, Paul said this shortly before he was executed. And he said this, and now the prize awaits me. Paul's saying this. He's about to die. The crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous, righteous judge, will give me the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. So Paul said, I'm fixing to get that crown. Might have been talking about the laurel wreath they would get when they'd won, win the games, and Olympic games or Roman games and stuff like that. But it represented what we, our righteousness that we get when we go in heaven because there is no sin in heaven. We're made righteous by the power of Jesus. And so you get that crown in heaven that prize that awaits me. So I also want to tell you this. 
God has rewards in heaven waiting on you. He has rewards in heaven. Uh, you know, he, James 1.12, the half-brother of Jesus said, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. How many of you know this whole life is the period of testing and temptation? That's what, this is practice for heaven. You know, we're, we're, we're going through that testing and temptation time. He said, afterward, they will receive the crown of life. The crown that Paul's talking about. And God, that God has promised to those who love him. We receive that eternal life. And it's not life like this is. It's an eternal, abundant life. It's a life on a different plane than what we're living. And he said, you get that crown. So we receive these crowns, these rewards, when we see Jesus. But listen. Until we see Jesus, God wants each of us to wear the crown of love and compassion. Until we see Jesus, God wants you, he wants me, to wear the crown of love and compassion. So you can write that down. The Lord wants each of us to do that. Let me ask you, do you think our world needs a little bit more love and compassion? Do you think our world today needs people to show each other a little bit more love and compassion? Absolutely. Absolutely does. I mean, and that's what... God wants us to do. And so he crowns us with his love and compassion so we can spread that to others. See, I can't do that unless I've received it. But once I've received it from him, I can pass that on. And so while people in our world seek a crown of success, riches, or power, we will receive a much more valuable crown. And uh, so understand that. There's, you know, we go to heaven by grace. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can do. To earn your way to heaven is purely a gift of God. But what we do for the Lord puts rewards in heaven for us. Puts rewards in heaven. I don't know how all that works. Wish I did. But there's rewards that we send ahead to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to hear Jesus say, Robert, you did good. Robert, you did good. And I want, I want all of us to hear that. So number five, I like this one. We can be thankful because he satisfies our desires with good things. I mean, I believe God desires to bring us a lot of good things in our lives. I mean, too often uh, people see God as kind of this, and it's kind of how we were raised, maybe a killjoy. He's like waiting for you to do, have fun or things to start going good in your life so he can smack you. Kind of like, kind of like Job, you know, things are going good. Okay, yeah, boom, you lose everything. Now what do you think? You know, and, uh, and so, but that's not who God is. He wants to give us good things. He says, he fills my life with good things. Now, there's a lot of good things that God, I, I was thinking about this uh, last night and, 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 and this morning some. You know, one, sometimes our families, not everybody's been blessed, but I'm very thankful for the family that I grew up in. Had a mom and a dad that uh, spent time with my brother and me. Sometimes it was an embarrassment, like when I was playing Baseball, my dad had a cowbell he would bring out there. And, and, and I mean, it was like everybody knew my dad was there. And, and, and so, you know, when you struck out, it was kind of embarrassing, or if you made an error or whatever, because he's ringing that car- cowbell, and he called me and all my friends, honey. Because, you know, 70s, we all had long hair, right? And, uh, you know, and so, uh, but, you know, I was thankful for the family that I was, was raised in. I was thankful that, uh, you know, I had a mother that made it to 99, somebody I could talk to and and stuff like that, that, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the way God has guided my life through jobs, through hardships, guided me to Pastor Kathy, and, uh, you know, thankful for all those things. And, and so he puts good things in our life. Sometimes there's heartache that goes with some of that, 
but he gives us good things. And then he says this, my youth is renewed like the eagle. See, he, he gives us, let me tell you, he gives us good things. And when you're tempted to sin, and most of the time it's because we forget that God has better things for us. You forget that God has better things for us. And, uh, and so uh, we believe that whatever the sin, whatever the sin is, you know, you, if you're tempted to go off track, it's because you forget. You know, God's got something better than this for me. God's got something better. And, uh, and whether it's, it's cheating on something or on somebody, whatever, God has something better. And uh, let me just tell you, sin will bring you nothing but misery. Look at Psalm 1611 with me. He says, you, God, will show me the way of life. God wants to show each of us the way of life, how to live. And, and if we ask him, he'll show us. And it's not a bunch of rules. You know, it's a living relationship with a Jesus that loves me more than, than anybody else loves me. It loves you more than anybody else loves you. He'll show you the way of life. And then what it says, he said, granting me the joy of your presence. You know what? When I'm following God the best I can, and he knows I will never be perfect. He knows you'll never be perfect. But he says, then you'll have the joy of my presence. If you felt that presence, you don't ever want that presence to go anywhere, okay? And, and then he says, and the pleasures of living with you forever. So he, he hits us now and in forever. The pleasures of living with God forever. Nehemiah said it like this. Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Sounds like what we're going to do tonight. Well, have sweet tea. And, uh, and, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. So if you don't have a dish, come on anyway. That's what he's saying to do. He said, this is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me tell you, when you experience the joy of the Lord, it strengthens your body. We get our joy uh, from the Lord and from doing our best to live according to what he's shown us, how to, what he wants us to do. See, God has things in store for each of us. Not bad things, but good things. And, and let me tell you, we've got to get that in here, and we've got to get it here. That God wants good things for us. And I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to make us millionaires and you're going to have all jets and, and Lexus. I'm not saying he wants good things in your life. It might be that wife you married or that husband you married or that, you know, whatever. And, and, and anybody in here got grandbabies? It's grandbabies for sure, you know, and, and, uh, until they get bigger. I don't know what happens, something in there. But, um, yeah, they go through that teen thing anyway. And, and that's when, you're, that's when you're, your, your prayers were answered when you prayed that your daughter would get somebody just like her. And, uh, you know, and so, and so like that. So, but it, God has good things for us, not bad things. And, uh, and so when you come to know the Lord and you study his character and you learn his character, you'll come to know that he only wants that in your life as well. He wants to fill you with stuff like love joy and peace and patience and goodness and self-control, kindness. Hey, look, part of the fruits of the Spirit, I can't think of any one of those fruits of the Spirit that our culture doesn't need. Think we need a little more love? Absolutely. Think we need a little more joy in our, in our culture? Absolutely. What about peace? We need a lot. Nobody has peace, it doesn't seem like. What about patience? We definitely need patience in this culture. Uh, you know, uh, goodness, kindness. You think we need a little more kindness? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and stuff like that. Psalm 105, he said, he fills my life with good things. And then he goes on and says this, my youth is renewed like the eagles. Let me tell you, he renews our life. You, you know, uh, all through history, 
people have tried to find a fountain of youth, right? Remember, uh, used to people talk about the fountain of youth, and they found it. And one guy thought he'd found it down in De Leon Springs, Ponce de Leon. Thought he found it. So they had this uh, place, De Leon Springs, Ponce de Leon Springs. We would go camp there. Well, I had an uncle and aunt lived in uh, Deland, Florida. So we'd go camp in, in Ponce de Leon Springs. We couldn't afford to go at hotels or anything like that. My aunt and uncle would take us to the yacht club once or twice while we were down there. Other than that, we were eating camp food, you know, that we were cooking. And, uh, and, and so I should have put a picture of our little camping rig that we had up there. I mean, my dad was a, could weld and build stuff, and, and we, had a, we had quite the setup. But we were down there, and they said, Ponce de Leon Springs is the fountain of youth. And if you jumped in it, you felt young again. Because let me tell you, you came back up out of that water real quick because it was cold. It was a spring. And, I mean, you came out a different color than you went in. You came out purple. And, I mean, your lips were, you know, like this. I mean, it was cold. And uh, so nobody wants to get old. We all want to stay young, right? Let me tell you, Jesus is the answer to staying young. He's the one that renews your youth. Listen, the outside's going to age, right? All, of it, all this right here used to be up here, all right? I'm just telling you, you know. And, and so, but it, it kind of fell a little bit. I keep my belt tight to keep it from going any further. But anyway, you know, I mean, it's a, you know, we're going to get older, but it doesn't have to mean that we're not stronger. He renews our youth. We can be like children in his presence. Listen, the Lord is no respecter of persons. He will give favor to everyone who calls upon him. And I just want to tell you, we need, during this Thanksgiving season, we need to be thankful for all his blessings. And listen, we, some of y'all, you've got, we've got family that's coming in or you're going to be with. You, you've been given jobs. Uh, you know, there are people that, uh, I mean, maybe you've got enough employees. That would be a blessing right now, too, if you've got a business. And, uh, you know, and we have people come by here and say, man, I need a job. I said, well, walk down the street. What do you mean? Everybody's got a help wanted sign out, you know. But, uh, you know, I asked uh, uh, at Home Depot the other day, I saw the manager, and I said, do you have trouble hiring people? I said, man, I need 25 people right now. <laughs> Just hired 60, and half of them quit, you know, when you look at them wrong or something. And, and uh, but. But we need to be thankful we've got jobs. How many of you are thankful you've got a job? Might, you might have a mean boss, but you have a job. You know, we need to be thankful we have our families, our businesses, our health. You know, so many things we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for all the food we're going to eat tonight and the fellowship that we will have tonight. But here's some things. I want us to all be thankful for these. Let's be thankful for his forgiveness. Write that down. Because he forgives everything that we ever do. Let's be thankful for his healing power because I believe he'll even take the calories out of your food tonight. I mean, you know, or, uh, you hear that, Lord? Uh, he'll, he'll heal you of your diseases. He'll heal you of your emotional diseases. Let's be thankful he redeems us from the pit. He redeems us from those pits of, of, of struggle, whether it's pornography, whether it's an addiction, uh, alcohol, whatever it is. He pulls us up from things that are trying to destroy our lives. Let's be thankful that he crowns us with love and compassion. He, he just floods that on us, and then we can give it out. You know, when God just gives you so much, you can, it, you can let it overflow. He satisfies us with good things. Folks, he's given us so many good things. In, in this country, uh, you know, every time I go on a mission field or anywhere, I come back, just I'm out there, and I'm saying I'm never going to complain. Again, of course, it takes me about ten minutes you know, in the airport complaining. You know, the last time I went to Israel, I was complaining they didn't have bacon in the airport. They said, well, we've got, we've got turkey bacon. I said, what do you mean? I just came from a country. It doesn't have pigs. I want, I want bacon. I want the real deal, you know. And, 
And, uh, but, you know, you always say, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. He gives us so many good things. And he renews our life. So those are some things we can be thankful for. Anybody thankful for those things today? I want you to bow your heads. All this starts. An attitude of gratitude all begins with knowing Jesus as your Savior. And it's not keeping rules. It's not anything for show. It's, it's, it's right here. You see, when, when I accepted Christ, I saw something in a man named John Elder that I didn't have. And it was a peace. It was a peace and a joy that I didn't have. And uh, this guy would spend t- 